that from this day forward, we as a church body will be different. A series of events have happened in our lives in the past two weeks, and we need to bring you up to speed on that. But before I do, I need to kind of backtrack and give you a little history. Um, if you were a member of this body in the summer of 2009, would you please stand? If you were a church member at this church, there was our summer 2009. Amen. So you can see it's a small portion of what we have now. So thank you, guys. Amen. You can be seated. In 2009, these folks, they walked alongside of us in a journey that we did not see coming. But um, God was faithful through it all. That summer, through a routine checkup, um, it was discovered that I had cancer. And, uh, whoa, that was a blow. We did not... You know, you go through the questions, why me? And the particular cancer I had was generally found in women 65 and older. So I was really saying, why me? I'm only 36. So, um, but God was faithful through that. Um, he was so generous and so gracious. And he became so much more to us and so much more to me. I learned new characteristics about him. He showed me new things about myself. Um, he gave me strength I didn't know I had. He gave me faith I didn't know existed. Um, he grew my heart. He grew, he grew who I was. Um, he grew us as a couple and as a family, and he grew us as a church body. Um, there were, uh, he was so faithful, and I just want to tell you a few things. Um, he was sovereign. He was sovereign through that whole thing. There were days and times and appointments that were orchestrated in a way that man cannot do. And no offense to my medical friends, but the medical, they, that area, they do not go out of their way to make things happen. So anyway, God can, and he did. And um, there was no way to deny it was God. So ask me someday about how I got to MD Anderson. That's the cool story. I don't have time for it this morning. But he was also personal. And I do want to share this detail. God is a personal God. And my prayer is that you know him in a personal way and that you've experienced him in a personal way. And I want to share with you during that journey how personal he was for me. As we got to the end, I was diagnosed. There was all this darkness and confusion, and nobody could make up their mind about anything. And um, finally ended up at MD Anderson, um, received a prescription for treatment once I got back to Amarillo, and began uh, radiation treatment. The radiation treatment was um, carried out at Harrington Cancer Center. And I had to go there once a week on Thursdays at the same time each week because that room that was used for my type of cancer was only available one day a week at that middle of the day time. So this, um, that whole experience was humiliating, painful, uncomfortable, disgusting. I really felt unlovely, okay, unlovable. As I sat there, they would, they would hook me up and uh, 
They put me on this hard table. I was literally clamped to the table. I could not move. If I moved, I was in pain, okay? So I'm on this hard surface, and everyone would have to exit the room, and they would roll me back into this huge drum. And uh, I'm there that first time. I remember being there all alone and feeling so unlovable. Now, Harrington Cancer Center is really cool. They play K-Love uh, on their stereo system, okay? So the whole time this is going on, there's what we call Jesus music is playing. And um, anyway, everyone exits the room. The table starts to move back. And oh, how he loves us comes on the radio. And I was like, thank you, Father. I needed that. Because I do not feel lovely right now. And um, it just touched my heart. And, of course, tears start to flow. And um, it was really a personal moment for us. Now, understand, I had to report each week on Thursdays at this certain time. But we know how the medical field works. They're not always on time. So, you know, it was each day when the team would leave and the table would roll me back, it wasn't always exactly... 1127 or something, okay? It varied. But the second week, everybody exited the room. The table rolled back. Oh, how he love it, loves us came on the radio. And I was like, are you kidding me? Wow, this is cool. And I just received that the third time. Here's the deal. The last time I went for treatment, it was Thanksgiving week. Couldn't go on a Thursday. They were closed. Had to go on a Wednesday. Everybody exited the room. The table rolled back. Oh, how he loves us came on the radio. God is a personal God. He wants to be personal with you. I pray you get personal with him. So, had surgery, had radiation, done. Did my checkups three months, got bumped to four months, Six months, eight months, moved uh, to a doctor here in Amarillo. I had been traveling to Lubbock through that whole time. Moved to a doctor here in Amarillo who began to uh, monitor and check regularly to make sure the cancer was gone. Two weeks ago, I had my yearly checkup. And we discussed symptoms that had increased from last year's checkup. Last year, we, um, after a clean test, the lab work came back clean last year, we had determined that it was scar tissue and damage done by the radiation. Those were causing the symptoms. So this year, when I went for my checkup, um, I was caught off guard. I'll say I was caught off guard. I can also tell you that in June, God began to prepare my heart for what was coming. But during the examination, he saw a tumor, and I said, do a biopsy now. I want it done now. And so all alone, while Jeff's in Dallas, we do a biopsy. My heart is pounding, and I had, because of the timing of the appointment and how long it takes to get lab work, I knew it wouldn't be until this past week and that I got the results. And it was on Monday, um, 29th, mm, yes. August 29th, this past Monday, we received a phone call, and it, the cancer, the cancer, not my cancer, mm -hmm. the cancer is back. Mm -hmm. 
I was rushed to see an oncologist. And so we met with him on Tuesday. And uh, after an examination, he began to draw on a blackboard or a whiteboard um, what my tumor looked like, how big it is, what all it's touching. And he began to play a role he has no right to play. Mm. He gave me a death sentence. He spoke death over me. And that was, a, that was a punch to the gut. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were deflated that day, in that moment. Yes. And uh, it took us a little time. We pulled I lost my, oh, I'm back, okay. <laughs> um, we we t- took a little time, pulled ourselves together. We immediately called the elders and their wives to meet us and pray over us, and pray over our family, our children, as we go through this, we entered into that time broken. We entered into that time in despair, um, fear. But I can tell you, as they prayed, the Holy Spirit welled up inside of us, mm-hmm. and we felt power. Right. We were empowered during that time, and we would not be here speaking to you like this without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. They prayed over, prayed over us, and uh, we walked out of there uh, empowered and ready to go to battle. Um, we don't know exactly what we're dealing with. I have a series of appointments this, uh, this coming week. Um, this doctor made these bold statements without any imaging. There's been no CAT scan, no PET scan, nothing. And so uh, he, he also confidently said, oh, you'll have a PET scan before the end of the week. Well, we didn't. And we believe, at first we were disappointed. We're like, we really want to know what's going on. But then we gained a new perspective. Wait a second. God is sovereign. He doesn't want the PET scan until next week. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we need to tell you. Amen. We need to tell our church family we need to rally the troops mm-hmm. to pray with us, to partner with us, mm-hmm. and pray for a miracle. Mm-hmm. Okay? I need a miracle. And so we are here today to share this with you and say, partner with us. Mm-hmm. Partner with us and pray. I have a whole last time in 2009, there were scriptures that gained a whole new meaning to me because I was experiencing them. Well, you know, last time the word death never came up. It was just more of a uh, dreading the treatment, you know, not, ha- not wanting to have to go through that. But this time he gave me a death sentence, and I'm just, I'm not going to settle for that. And so this word, these scriptures, I have experienced scriptures um, personally now. I know what Job went through. I know why he tore his sackcloth. I know why he threw the ashes and why he weeped and welled. I know now what it is like to weep and well and to cry out to God. Hmm. I did that this week. I cried out to God and then I, I did something at the end. Uh, I, I texted my prayer partners. I said, pray, pray. I'm not doing well right now. 
I'm feeling overwhelmed. And uh, they began praying. But, you know, it's good to weep and well. It is good to weep and cry out to God and beg, beg for a miracle. Um, but then before, as I'm going through that process, uh, well, I also texted Jeff. I said, you got to get home. I don't, do, I don't do good by myself. you got to get home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he came home. She wasn't doing good. I, no. <laughs> but what position was I in? I was on the floor. I was knelt down. And I was praising, okay? He took my wedding. I didn't see that at first. I turned the corner, and she was laying on the floor with a towel, just sobbing. sobbing. And that house was just full of worship. And now, I didn't know what had in, was going on preceded my arrival. I know what I found, okay? I turned the corner and thought, oh, you're not doing good. And I was like scared, you know, and then she got up like a warrior, and I thought, man, she's about to whoop me. She was ready for battle, so she gave me that look like, hmm, good, this is not what I expected, so, so she was the, ready. But the father took my weeping and my wailing, and he turned it into praise and to worship, mm-hmm. and then I go and I read Job, because I really identified with Job last time in 2009. I distinctly remember waking up one morning And the Lord had spoken to me, and I woke up, and I said, that's it. This is my Job moment. He trusts me. Hmm. Why did God allow that, those things to happen to Job? Because he knew he will not curse me. Mm -mm. God trusted me, Mm -hmm. and he trusts me today. But here's what Job did. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. And that's what happened to me. That was when Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, Mm -hmm. I was face down to the ground, uh, tearing my robe figuratively and shaving my head. But he turned it into worship. And so, um, that uh, the scriptures, the scriptures are becoming real. Mm -hmm. I'm living them out, and uh, they're personal now. Okay, I can relate. I understand. Here's the deal. In 2009, at that point, in the midst of finding out that I had cancer, we as a church body hmm. had began to plan, had begun to plan this building. Where we sit today. You saw how many people stood. We were not going to fill up this building at that point, but we knew God called us to that. So we as a church body were stepping out in faith, okay? When a body of believers steps out in faith, the enemy will attack, okay? The enemy will attack. You can bet on it. Just know it's coming, okay? Don't think you're exempt. We as a church body have grown leaps and bounds, Uh, The Father has taken us in places we had no idea we could go. Mm -hmm. He continues to grow and shape us, and we continue to form our identity. And uh, we are doing great things in this community. Mm -hmm. The enemy doesn't like it. Lives are being changed on this property. Mm -hmm. The enemy doesn't like it. 
He's on the attack. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what we know. We needed to tell you this because Jeff's in leadership, okay? And this is going to affect things, and we'll explain that later. But we know we're not alone, okay? There are people in this congregation, and I'm looking at your faces, and I know the attacks that you've been under. We're not alone. You're not alone. Mm. We can go to battle together. Amen. Okay? Jesus said, the enemy is like a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm. He's a thief. Mm. He's ro trying to rob us. Mm. This past week, he robbed my health. Mm. This pack, past week, he tried to rob my life. I'm not going to let him have it. Okay? With all that being said, we finally closed on our house. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have equity that was intended for uh, completing projects, for accomplishing goals and dreams. He's trying to steal my equity. He's trying to make me pay for medical bills. It's not going to happen. I believe in a miracle. And I pray, those of you that are under attack, that you will claim your promises, claim the promises of God, and receive your miracle. Ask for the miracle. Weep and wail for your miracle. And praise God for your miracle before you even receive it. Okay? Here's the deal. Jesus said he's a thief, right? I found this last night. And uh, I... You know, there's, some, there's a lot of words in this book, and you're not going to see them all, all the time. Um, but this one came last night. Oh, wrong book. Here it is. Proverbs. Proverbs 6.31. It's talking about the thief. If the thief is caught, he must pay sevenfold. Okay. Job got double. Proverbs says sevenfold. That's what I'm claiming. Mm -hmm. But it, here's the kicker. If the thief is caught. So what are the attacks? The attack on me is my health. And there are others in this building today. Your, your health is being attacked. Okay? Identify the thief. It's not the doctors. It's not God. It's not your fault. The thief is the enemy. Identify the thief. Mm. There are marriages that are under attack in this room today. It's not your fault. Quit blaming your spouse. Identify the thief. Mm. He's trying to steal your marriage. Mm. There are parent and child relationships that are under attack. Quit being mad at your son or daughter. Identify the thief. He's trying to steal your children. Right. Students. Some of your parents have been stolen. Quit being mad at them. Mm. Identify the thief. There are so many ways he attacks. Your finances. Identify the thief. Mm. And then here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is described as our advocate. An advocate is a legal term. 
He goes on our defense in the court of law. So, identify your thief, take it to the advocate, and let him go to the court of law. Okay? (laughs) This is what we're called to do. This is how we live as king's kids, Mm. with the resources that he's given us. So here's what we've got planned for today. I'm not alone. Mm. There are many in this room. You know you're under attack. Identify the thief. Mm. We are asking our elders and their wives to come down at this place. This is the altar. This is the holy place of God. You can find freedom here. You can find healing here. All your needs can be met. What is it you need? Did you know that God's name is I am? What is it you need? He says, I am. So if our elders and their wives, if you would come down. And my prayer is, if you have an attack on your life, come down here. Identify the thief. Identify the thief and be ministered to. Take your claim, take your, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, take it to the advocate. Let the Holy Spirit go to the high king, the high judge, and say, hey, he's the guilty one. She's innocent. She does not deserve this sentence, okay? Come down at this time. Receive ministry. Here's another thing. You may, your family may be in a good place right now. You may not be under attack. But you know someone who is. Will you be their witness? Mm. Will you go to the altar? Will you go to the advocate on their behalf and be a witness for their character Mm. and condemn the thief? Mm. Our prayer is that from this point forward that our faith grows, Mm. that the faith of this body grows, that our God becomes bigger than we could have ever imagined that we make a statement in this community that we've never made before. Mm. That when you walk out of this room today, I pray you don't say, that was cool. I pray you walk out speechless. Mm. When we are in awe, when we are in his presence, we are in awe and we're speechless. Mm. Come today. Don't miss this opportunity to be ministered to. I need to share with you a minute, and then we're going to pray. I want to share with you what a miracle looks like. And if your eyes are on me, then you're seeing that. I'm going to share another one with you. I'm not going to go into my story at all. This is not the time for it, but I do want to... Say the things that I'm saying to build faith. My mother lost her first child in a house fire. Pulled the baby out of the window. Lost her second child. Was in the hospital when she cried out to God. In an instant, she was delivered from the pain. Now I can't, I can't fathom that kind of pain. I don't know how that a person can get over something like that. But she did. 
And it was through our Lord and Savior that that happened. And what she did is she was a broken, completely broken vessel that wasn't thinking about herself and how it was going to affect her. She cried out to God. And he delivered her. And as Melissa spoke, she needs a miracle. And I'm telling you, this room is full of people that need miracles in their life. There's full of broken peoples that have lost loved ones, that are dealing with cancers, that are dealing with things that are much smaller. I'm telling you, people, you cannot do it by yourself. He uses very basic people to get his message across. You don't have to be perfect. You don't even have to be very good. We're all sinners. You just have to know where to go. You have to know where to go, and you have to be bold enough to do it. And I'm telling you, <clears throat> if you think you're, you're too big and bad to, to shed a tear, then I, I'm sorry for you. I feel real sorry for you. Because it's through tears that things begin to happen. We have to be people of the Word. If it says it in the Word, it's true. And I'm telling you right now, all through that Word, miracles take place. So if you don't believe in miracles, if you don't think they can happen, I'm not sure you need to be here today, honestly. Because we need to be people that believe in miracles. And we need to be people that will stand up and proclaim the miracle that we need in our life. So if y'all would, bow your heads with me, and I'm going to say a prayer over us. If you need a touch in your life, it doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is. You need to find somebody to pray with. We need to turn this thing around. We're being attacked as a church. Our leader is being attacked, and he's been speaking the word over us every single week. If you're people of the word, I need you to stand and let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you and we petition you. And I know a couple things. I know that you love us more than we can uh, love ourselves or ever imagine. And I also know this, that Satan is a punk. Satan is a punk and he wants to steal everything from us. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we do not have to let that happen. We do not have to let that happen. And I pray that as the Spirit of God moves through this place today, that people's lives be changed. Mm. Father, I pray that people yield to your presence. Mm. That there is such a touch on each person in this room that we walk out of here different. Mm. In all of you, as Melissa just said, in all of you, Father. Father, we lift each and every person to the throne room of heaven today. Mm. And we ask that, Holy Spirit, Mm. you have your way. You do your thing, and Father, we will get out of your way. And I pray that each person that prays over somebody gets a word from you that it not be of their self father empty us of ourself and this is all about you and i pray this in the name of jesus please come now in jesus name amen